Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, welcome. How is everyone? Good. Good to be back, huh? Absolutely. Still early in the year, but good to be back. So excited. Can't wait for a massive 2016. So this is a a Q&A day. We've got two questions, um, and I'm going to move straight into the first one. Q&A Tuesday. Q&A Tuesday. Back. It's back, Q&A Tuesday. I love Q&A Tuesday. (laughs) I like that. That's got a good... Can we get some marketing people to look at whether we can actually go worldwide with <laughs> no, I stole with that? it. I stole it. I think uh, one of the other podcasts calls it Q&A Tuesday. But that's okay. That's well, all right. It works. Well, John, um, you were actually uh, uh, the architect of uh, looking at another... Po- you were listening to the Advanced Selling Podcast when you... That might be the one. C- ...came up with the idea. Yeah, yeah, well, that might be the one. But, you know, like, uh, there's nothing wrong with... Uh, being inspired by other podcasts and you know, kind of stealing some good well, Steve ideas. Jobs was people the one steal our good ideas, hopefully. Well, John, Steve Jobs was the one that was very clear, says, uh, unashamedly steal good ideas. Got to. Well, you know, there's not that many new ideas out there, and, and this is a kind of a nice little entree conversation because, you know, we, we were just talking about Eric. Tom, you and I just had a chat about Eric, and this year we've got 35 incredible speakers. All you've got to do, if you started in the industry this year, this is your first month, and for example, whether it's Eric or listening to podcasts, there's a whole array of different ways you can do it. That just happens to be a, a really high quality one. You, you know, you turn up and you, and you go, what are these guys doing that's working? Yeah. And you take notes and you don't overwhelm yourself by trying to do every single thing because then you, you can actually stress yourself out. But, you know, just pick the things that work. And that's the whole idea about this podcast is we share ideas, you know, some of which, you know, I do and you've done and, and others of which we know our team and we've observed others doing. It doesn't really matter where the idea comes from. There shouldn't be any ego attached. If it's a good idea, try it. But I, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this, Troy, before the break, but I was listening to a podcast, and I'll mention it again if I have anyway, and, and it, was, it was a great sign because it said if information was the answer, we'd all be billionaires with perfect abs. Gold. Right? <laughs> and, Gold. Uh, and Tommy, thank God this is a podcast, not yes. a video. Yes. <laughs> we, neither of us are billionaires and we certainly ain't got, we ain't got perfect abs. Troy's a bit closer. But, um, but, you know, it's true. And that doesn't mean information's not valuable because it is. And that's clearly why you and I and Troy do this podcast because we think information is valuable. But it's the execution yeah. of the information. Yeah. There are billionaires out there that you can learn from as to how they invest and how they make money. And there are great agents and there are people in perfect physical health and there are people with amazing relationships, both business and personal. What you've got to do is find out what are they doing? What's the secret source? And it's generally in this day and age, not that hard. Um, What's the secret source? What are the things they do that's different from the rest? But then you've got to do them. So yeah. a great reminder for our listeners today is whatever you hear, start doing it today. Yeah. Just give it a crack. Just yeah. try it. And if it doesn't work, you can stop doing it tomorrow. But a lot of us, you know, I think you've used the phrase before, Tom, you know, analysis by paralysis yeah. or paralysis by analysis or whatever it is, you know, which basically, you know, some people say, well, you know, when's the right time to do it and how exactly should I do it and what exactly should I say and how should I look and what font should I use and... And at the end of the day, man, just do it. Yeah. Just do something that gives yourself a chance to go to a new space. Because, Troy, is one of my favourite sayings, as you well know, is what got us here won't get us there. Mm-hmm. So if you are about growth, growing your business, growing, more importantly, growing yourself, yeah. um, you have to be prepared to change and do something different almost every day. Yeah. And it's not about, oh, it's the 1st of January, I'll do three new things this year. That's not a bad start, by the way. 
but it's about, you know, what have I learned from Tom? You know, what's Troy doing that's working? You know, what's someone else at Eric on stage doing in a listing? So, yeah, it's ex- it really is exciting time. Kingsley Lookett, you know Kingsley? Yes, absolutely. And Michael Clark, good friend of mine. And I get, I just get inspired by Kingsley. And um, Michael Clark, the cricketer, or Michael Clark? No, Michael the, Clark, the, uh, the agent uh, yeah, the Manly. agent Manly, one yeah. of the great agents in Australia. Yeah. Clark he is, <coughs> as is Kingsley, I think. Yeah. Anyway, he, he texts me regularly, you know, when I say regularly, every couple of weeks he'll you know, shoot me a, an experience he's had or a case study or he's, you know, and last week he was saying he'd listed six, it was like right at the beginning of the year, right, almost New Year's Eve type of stuff, first week of, of business in the new year and he was saying he'd had uh, like six open for inspections and 100 people through them and he'd listed four auctions, etc., etc. So a couple of things. Yeah, my view is one of the interesting topics, especially right now, for Sydney and Melbourne agents is going to be what's the market doing? First thing I would say is, it's what's your market doing? Yeah. And we, we always say it's the market between your ears that's important, not the one in your postcode. Because postcodes will go up and down and listings yeah. will go up and down. It's what are you doing? Do you have 4% market share or 40% market share? Some of our listeners and some of the speakers at ARIC yeah. have 40 to 60% market share. They really don't care what the Dow Jones did and what CoreLogic said about listings up or down this month yeah. because they are creating their own market. So you know, Kingsley, I, just, I love his attitude and I can see why he's become so successful um, is because he's just so positive and it's genuinely positive and he's so enthusiastic and he's focusing on the positive, not on the headlines. Yeah. So you know, just, just some great lessons, things that I've been thinking about as we go through the, uh, through it's, the year. It's... Uh John, for someone that actually comes working for a media organisation, I'm the first one that knows that we report the one plane that didn't land safely, not the right. 27,000 that landed <laughs> safely that day. And what actually happens is people can frame their world on that one story and not the other 99.999%. And I think it needs a conscious effort because to actually get positive information, whether it's talking to people, whether it's listening to audiobooks, podcasts, um, or just webinars or what have you, it requires an effort for you to go out and uh, make sure that your mind sees through things in a positive way and look at the one reason why something will work, not the 27 reasons why it won't work. Correct. And no, good people have that uh, ability to do that, don't they? Yeah, and I'm more well, whenever I share that, that uh, in my experience that I kind of keep myself away from the news cycle, I say, I say with great respect to you know, News Limited and, and, and others that are pumping that out because that's their job is to let people know what's happening around the world yeah. and unfortunately by nature a lot of people are more intrigued by the dark side and the, and the macabre often yeah. than by the positive that this company did a record year of profits and this person got a medal of australia it's often the, the negative stuff and the, and the crashes and so forth that that attract people another thing i heard troy over the break <coughs> which i really liked and i, and I won't do it justice because I'll, I'll screw the the quote up doesn't matter you'll get the gist it was are you overwhelmed by what you could be doing as opposed to focusing on what you should be doing? So again, I don't want this to be misconstrued, a little bit like the, you know, the, the perfect abs and the billionaire. I think that that doesn't mean exposing yourself to lots of new information is not a good thing. What it means is it's your job to curate that. So you go to ARIC, there's going to be 35 speakers. I reckon at the end of it, if you started with a blank piece of paper, you'll have between two and 500 Great takeaway content ideas. Things you could say, things you could do, whatever. That doesn't mean that's bad. That just means you've got to pick the top 10. What are the things that are going to have most impact? Because if you try and do the 200 to 500, you're going to get frustrated, overwhelmed, stressed. 
if you say, God, that's great, and you've got to let the two to 500 wash over you because you feel better anyway, it inspires you, but then pick the five or 10 best things. So just be careful, and, and you, know, you take that outside the learning environment here, email, great tool and incredible distraction as well. Yeah. It's, you know, if you let email distract you too much, you can be on it all day, every day, do no prospecting, no listing, no negotiating, just respond to email inquiries all day long. Doesn't mean you don't have to do it, but it means you need to be careful to do it and quarantine it and batch it and delegate the less important non-dollar productive emails to someone else. So uh, just so much to learn. So John, on that um, point of um, Eric, I'll just uh, touch on it because we've had a meeting on it and I, and I get a lot of people that contact me um, saying, what's the date, who the speakers are. So I'll just give a 60 second yep. uh, summary if that's all right. Yep. So anyone that's listening to the podcast, the day that you've got to write the words, Eric, uh, is May 22, May 23. Sunday, Monday. Yep. Sunday, Monday. The venue is the Gold Coast. Um, We've listened to what people have said. They said they want to get clear plans on how to get more listings, how to uh, confront and have uncomfortable conversations when they have to, that 20-second of courage that you need to have so constantly in real estate. We've come up with um, plans on how they're going to get into more doors, how they're going to use the best of old and the best of new to double their business. Takeaway stuff. Takeaway. John, I'm so excited when today the agreement was made that people should be able to leave Eric with a clear (coughs) toolkit in their hands than just messed up notes that they've sort of tried to take down while they've been inspired. So people are going to be getting a clear takeaway uh, notepad that's got clearly addressed action points that they can go back to work on Tuesday and say, I'm going to do this, this, yeah. and this. And, and the shift, as you know, Tom, because you've been part of designing the whole program, that we've come up with this year is <clears throat> those that haven't seen TED Talks, T-E-D, TED Talks, you should go on to TED. It's a, a free site and has some of the best general, not real estate, but general talks in the world from brilliant people. And TED Talks are between 15 and 20 minutes. Which means there's no kind of time for, you know, where I grew up and my old war stories. It's like each speaker comes on and they give their best 15 or 20 minutes of gold and then they're off the stage. Um, Google do the same thing and they call it Ignites. Um, So we're going for TED Talk style presentations. We have 35 people of which the average talk will be around 20, 25 minutes. Some will be a bit longer for the keynotes. But I think, you know, it's going to keep it fast and fresh and, and like very focused. So I, I'm very excited because we, we've changed format, we've learnt from the past, we've, we've, t- we've kept all the good stuff, but we've kind of given people what they've asked for, which is more exposure to more agents at different levels. Some yeah. of these guys are speaking, they're not doing five million like James yeah. Tosvin or Ben Collier, they're doing 400 or 500, but it's their first year in the business and they're working in a marketplace where the average sale price is 400,000. So we, we've kind of got a really diverse and a great spread. You know, both uh, we've got some great Kiwi speakers coming. We've got almost fifty percent of the speakers will be female, which is fantastic. Uh, and I'm so proud that we, you know, we've attracted a very strong um, female speaker. Well, we've got people that have been in it for years, incredibly successful, like Maddie Steinwade, uh, Phil Harris, some of yeah. the best. And we've got newbies that have been in it a year, like Brian Whiteman, that did one and a half million in his first year of real yeah. estate. Average sale price six hundred thousand. Um, yeah. So anyway, we won't go through. Maybe as we get a bit closer, we'll tell people a bit well, people, more. But uh, John, people will get a brochure uh, in the month of February. Yep. Um, and when they see that um, it's a conference that's loaded with 
content speakers. It's loaded with people that are both doing it and also people that are coaching people to do it. Yeah. And we've taken into account that um, a lot of people wanted local stuff. Yeah. And um, um, that's been addressed. So um, February, uh, you'll get the brochure, May 22, May 23. Now, John, let's move on to this question. And Troy, I'd love to get your input on this too. A lot of, these questions come in from young young people. A lot of young people are really, really hungry and everyone's young compared to us nowadays. Absolutely. <laughs> that's why I said, well, that's why I made a special <laughs> reference to Troy. Uh, the question here is, uh, what I wanted to ask you, and maybe you can share this on the podcast, when in a listing appointment with a vendor, when the vendor mentions that they are seeing another agent with more experience than you, how do you combat this? So the deviation of that question, a lot of the time we've got a lot of young agents that are new in the marketplace, one or two years, and they're up against someone that's been there 10, 15 years, and um, they feel that they're at a disadvantage. So what's the, uh, what's the first thought that so comes? So a couple of things, and what I love about this Q&A Tuesday is I never know the questions before. You know, I, yeah. Yeah. A couple of times you've said you want to know the question. I said, no, no, let's just deal with them. So this is, this is the real deal. First thing, it worries me a bit about the word combat because it kind of almost feels like going on the defensive. My view is I think vendors should be encouraged to, to get as much information as they can. And if they're speaking to 10 agents or one or none, it doesn't really worry me. My, my belief is that I have the best solution and I will provide the best service experience and the result for the client so I don't get put off. So I think it's important. A lot of agents say, how many agents are you going to speak to and you know all this sort of stuff. M- my view is that sort of I don't really care. I go into my bubble and I'm here with the client working out how can I add value. So first thing is don't... Don't be put off. Two is, I try and be proactive. If I was, and when I was, the least experienced player in the game, which was obviously in my first couple of years, and I was up against great agents like Di Jones and, and many others who were, were brilliant at what they did, I would be upfront and proactive. And I wouldn't hide the fact that I was less experienced. I would say, you know, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about myself, Tom, because mm. I guess if you hire me for the job, it's an important decision and you know, it's a big asset and I'd be privileged to handle that. Um, firstly, I'd like to say that, you know, I need to let you know I've only been in the industry six months. Um, now, some people might at first think that's a disadvantage. I actually see some advantages in the fresh thinking that I bring to the process. And I can't give you a CV with a thousand homes that I've sold, but I can tell you, I think I have nailed the process of selling a home and maximising your result, and I'd like to talk you through how I do that. So number one is, most agents don't talk like that. Mm. The complacency and laziness that agents that have been in the industry five or ten years, they often walk in, they're either expecting it or they just think, well, the vendor knows the process, I'm just going to go in, I'll show them what I've sold and they'll know my reputation. That's where I think this new business energy and new agent energy comes in, where you talk about that. Secondly is there's a freshness and honesty about mm. letting people know that there's a potentially an imperfection there, but you actually think it's an advantage. It's a bit when I'm selling a property, Tom, I'm comfortable showing people the imperfections of the home. Yeah. Because then they don't have to worry when they're driving away, formulating an offer in their head, or deciding whether they want to bid at an auction, whether or not there's any hidden problems because John's shown them that rising damp and he's shown them the crack in the back wall and he's given them a quote on how to fix it or he's given them a building report or the name of a builder. So I think there's a, there's a real benefit in authenticity. I th- in fact, I think, Troy, going forward, authenticity is going to be one of the key skills to getting ahead in business and in real estate. Your ability to have people walk away from a meeting say, that person was real. Yeah. 
it wasn't a wind-up real estate doll. It wasn't kind of one of these shiny kind of real estate stereotypes. That was a real person that understood my concern and didn't push me in a direction I didn't want to go, gave me some good reasons why that would be a good house for me, but recognised a couple of issues I have. And I think any of the listeners uh, listening in here, whether they're buying a product of someone or whether they're talking to uh, a person in a general conversation, you're always attracted to someone that has this vulnerability that shows that they're, that, that, that they're not perfect. You, for some reason, you've got this... Um, connection to them because you feel I feel like that person because I'm not perfect but I might not say it and as you said if someone's showing vulnerability imperfection it's building trust yeah and trust is everything speed of trust yeah speed of trust Um, very very important and 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 the final thing so I guess first thing is you know let's let's say we don't have to combat we don't have to defend it's this is this is not a problem if someone raises something because it's not a it's not a disadvantage Two is be comfortable in being proactive. If you think there is anything that they might have some concern about, let them know in advance and let them know that you're comfortable. In fact, let them know the advantages of it. The, the last thing, Tom, I'd, I'd probably leave the, the question writer with is, is uh, always default to question. So if someone gets in and says, Troy, well, you know, Troy, I think you're a really nice guy, but I've got to tell you, there's a couple of agents I'm speaking to and they've been in the game and they've been pretty dominant in this area for 10 years. And whilst I think you're a really nice guy, you know, if I can be very honest, you've been in the game for nine months. Then I would say I, I totally agree, um, Tom, with that, and then I appreciate you raising that because if that's a concern for you, that could get in the way of us doing business. Could I just ask you a question? Is it really important for you to have someone that's been in the industry 10 years represent you? And if so, why? So one is, you, and it's not tricky, but you get them thinking, because some people make an automatic assumption that someone in the industry 10 years is better equipped than someone in the industry nine months. The three of us know, as do all our listeners, some of the best agents have been in the industry nine months. Mm. Hello, Brian Whiteman's going to speak at, mm. at, at ARIC, been in the industry just over 12 months, and you probably, I'm sure, wouldn't get a better agent to represent you in that market. So it's a bit the same. I often use the same question when talking about fees. Is it really important for you, Tom, to have an agent at the lowest possible commission fee. And why? And you say, well, yeah, it is important because I want to get the most amount of money. So that's a good conversation to have because, you know, there's two ways to get the most amount of money, less fees or more price. Mm. Um, And then when people say, well, I assumed that having someone that probably this would be their answer, I I assumed that having someone in the industry 10 years means they're going to be better at selling it. And I could say, well, I can understand why that would be an assumption that you would make. And most people probably would make that. Could I challenge that assumption and talk about what I think makes a great agent, and then you can either agree or disagree. Mm. And that's an authentic conversation. Yeah. Again, it's not tricky, and then someone said, well, what is it? Well, you know, I think this is about ability to present a property in its best light. Yeah. That's about presentation and marketing, and let me take you through my detailed marketing plan and how I think I can separate you from the pack. Yeah. Number two is when it comes down to it, anyone can show a property and kind of turn the lights on and be pleasant and show the, where the kitchen and the bathroom is. The best agent is the one that can negotiate and extract the most amount of money during a negotiation, which means they need to build trust and confidence of the buyer, they need to have a strong negotiation platform or skill. And then all of a sudden you're realising that 10 years kind of can be a disadvantage, which I think it can. I mean, I've been in the industry 33 years, which I don't think is a disadvantage because I'm all about growth and change and, and, and sort of developing myself and evolving. But I do know plenty of agents that have been in it 10 years, as you guys do, they kind of learnt for the first six months and that was it. And they're still churning out the same stuff ten years later. John, quick question. Do you bring do you bring it up 
yourself or do you um, answer it when they bring it up? I think it matters. What matters is how long. If you've been in the game literally a few months, I would be very comfortable being proactive. I'd like to say I'd love to share you with my story because I actually haven't been selling real estate for too long. I changed from selling cosmetics or cars or whatever it was. Um, so uh, if one, it gets to a certain point though where I think it's kind of getting to be irrelevant and I would say that point is certainly over 12 months. I mean over 12 months if you're good you've got tremendous skills. If you've been working on yourself daily for 12 months you should be actually demonstrating your professionalism and competency just in the way you handle that client. Um, and so I think, but what I don't want is someone saying, well, look, you know, I think it'd be great time to go forward with you. By the way, I'd never really ask you how long you've been in the industry and then all of a sudden felt like I might have been, you know, sort of covering it up. Um, so that would be, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of a fuzzy line and I think 12 to 18 months beyond that, I don't think you need to say it because I don't think you're new to the industry anymore at all. And I think when I'm looking at this ARIC program, which is sitting in, in, in front as we're doing this podcast, there's five people there I can see that have been in real estate only a few years right. that are writing exceptional numbers. Yep. You know? yep, yep. Tom Hector, I think 25 years of age, average prices of uh, 300 or 400,000, writing uh, well over a million dollars. One of the things that really good people do... Hector and Harris Real Estate, it should be, shouldn't it, really? Well, don't give Tom Hector too many ideas. <laughs> Phil, we're going to try and edit that piece if yeah, it's come we'll, through, we'll mate. Please, Phil. <laughs> no, we, love, we love Phil Harris. We give Phil a hard time only because he's one of the best agents in the world. And, and so we like to keep him on his toes. And, and so, hello to Sarah too in Adelaide there. We haven't seen Sarah Troy for a long time. No. She's well and truly overview for a Sydney visit. So, um, yeah, well, what, what, what I was going to say is that a lot of these people have got the ability to work out this, this concept of the blended story. That is my story and my company's story. Yeah. So when you, when, you, when you hire me, you're hiring us. And hiring us is you're buying the process. The, yeah. the, the, the system, the structure, the, well, the that's CRM. That's what Belford, you remember Belford, Jordan Belford said that two years ago at ARIC. He said there's three sales. One is you have to sell you, because that's what they're buying, really. Two is you have to sell your company, because that, they need to understand you've got the support of a great company that's got values, uh, integrity, and a great marketing plan behind it. And the third thing is your product or service. In our instance, it's a service. So let me explain the process that I will take and the journey I'll take you on, the process I'll take your property through to maximise price. So I think it's a great point, and yeah, yeah Tommy's great. It's, it's one thing as well regarding process and product that we ask our, our agents all the time is, if you could rate yourself out of 10 selling the product of marketing services, and also how you would rate yourself at an open for inspection, at an auction, your appearance, where would you currently be? If it's anything less than a five, then it needs full review. Yeah. Um, and I ask my agents all the time as well, the guys that I speak to, is if you were to sell photography, as an example, what's your dialogue with your potential vendor around photography? The vast majority of agents will say, hey, listen, we take five shots and they'll move on to the next product, which will be newsprint advertising. Imagine creating a little bit of a uniqueness and showing the difference of why your company sells photography and has a different style and approach to doing photography instead of just the mainstream, we take five shots and that's it. Have I told you guys the Mad Men, Tobacco? No. Fantastic story. Yeah, Mad Men, you know the show, Mad yeah. Men. Sorry to interject, Troy, that's but it's right. exactly what you're saying. So there's a great skit, and if you put into YouTube, which by the way is now the world's second biggest mm -hmm. search engine after Google, YouTube, it's owned by Google, I think, right? Yeah. Um, if you put Mad Men Tobacco Pitch, 
So basically what happens is there's a huge tobacco account, which we all disagree with, but anyway, it's just part of this story. Um, and uh, the, he's sitting there and he's at risk of losing the tobacco pitch. So he's kind of, he's really sweating and he's thinking, you know, and the, the client's in the room, the client's saying, look, we're thinking of changing agencies. So, you know, basically he says, look, just talk me through, talk me through how you create the cigarettes, I guess, at the end of the day, the tobacco and cigarettes. And he said, oh, well, it's kind of probably much the same as everyone else. We, we, so we, grow, we grow the tobacco and then we, then we dry it. We harvest it, then we dry it, then we roast it, and then we roll it, and then we sell it sort of thing. And he said, hang on, hang on, let's go back. You roast it. Tell me about that. He said, well, you know, once it's been dried, it's got to go into a roasting machine and that crystallises it or whatever. I don't know what it does, but anyway, that's what he was saying. And, he, and, the, and the client said, yeah, but everyone roasts the tobacco. But he said, no, no, but you roast the tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and well, the message was, you often do stuff that others do, but if you don't make a bit of a fuss, and as Troy, as you were just saying, if you don't say, I'd love to tell you about how our photographer goes about his business. Yeah. He comes here 15 minutes before and he sits in that corner seat and he gets the vibe of the property. And I'm just making this up, but you know, everyone has something that's kind of the same, but it's kind of a bit different too. Yeah. And, but if you don't tell it, I remember there was an architect years ago on the Northern Beaches, Troy, where you grew up, of, of Sydney. and. And I've forgotten his name momentarily, but he's a great architect. I think he might have retired now. When he was building properties for clients, he would go and pitch a tent on the site for a week and live there while he was doing the plans because he wanted to wake yeah. up in the morning and, and be there at the end of the day and yeah. feel where the sun went during the day. Yeah. Now, when I heard that, I haven't built anything since then, but I would have hired that guy because that's an incredible process. Yeah. Now, that's a bit different from the, the roasting because not everyone yeah. sits in a tent, but you, you get the idea. Whether you have a remarkably different process or even quite similar, if you tell people, you know, this is the process we take your home through, yeah. people often think, wow, that sounds special. Yeah. So I just thought it was a great pitch, and, he, and he, you know, long story, so, he ended so, up so keeping John, them. they can watch that, uh, Google Mad Men. Mad Men, and then uh, Mad Men Tobacco Pitch. Yep. And it's a three-minute three segment, and it's become quite famous now because I think a lot of businesses, as I, I sort of, the light globe when I went on, it's, it's around. In fact, maybe we can put on your we'll site, the link. Put on, yeah. on yeah. Tommy Panos' site. We'll put it on there. Listen, that's, uh, uh, I know we've gone, we've gone over in this podcast, but I, I think that we've covered uh, that question. Have we done the question? Yes, we have. We've, we've done everything except the question. We've done everything. We've, done everything. We've, we've, had a cup, we've had a cup of coffee. We've got on with the people, but we never talked about their home yet. Thank you, Erin. Erin brought it. She coffeed yeah, us. Right. She refueled us halfway through it. Yeah. Anyway, maybe do you want to do another Q&A Tuesday next week? Yes. Because I think we yeah. had another question to get to. I think yeah. that's what we'll do. And uh, we'll leave people on this note. I did a webinar with Michael Coombs last week from... Um, your north uh, yeah. office, $3 million plus Muscle. rider. Yeah, yeah. From, and Michael Coombs said to me, Tom, we are now, it's Grand Slam period. He goes from February right through to Easter, there is no let up. You've just got to be at your best. There is big Great sales, mm-hmm. transactions. He goes, there's, there's three or four times in the year where there is no room for being seven or eight out of ten. And February right up until um, Easter, it's um, our Grand Slam tournament. And that's a great metaphor because, as we all know, the Australian Open has just finished and, and two great, well, many great athletes participated, but two great athletes won. Just to reminder as we finish, for the relative newbies or those that perhaps have been beaten by some of the Goliaths of the industry, remember Serena Williams got beaten, and with total respect because I think she's not only an incredible athlete, but she appears to be a very nice person, and her speech after getting beaten was incredibly humble. 
Um, someone beat her because they turned up, not because they're a better tennis player. It's very Stephen Bradbury, by the way. Yeah. I, I think the, 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 the German lass who, who, uh, who beat Cobra. her, what was her name? Cobra. Cobra or something. Amazing. Great person, great thing. No doubt that if you put all their skills and whatever, and if they played the game 100 times, Serena would probably win at 98. Yeah. She didn't the other night because Cobra turned up hungrier and more focused and Serena just let her in. Yeah. Just wasn't at her best for whatever reason. I think you've got to see that I don't care if you're coming up against the agents, legends, it's the speakers that are at ARIC, the best person in your industry, the agent with 35% market share. If you turn up switched on and hungrier and you try harder, I will guarantee you, you are going to win. Because you've got to remember, Goliath beat David, right? Yep. Or David beat Goliath, in David and Goliath. So you, you've got to turn up and, and you've got to know that you're potentially one or two or three listings away from breaking that. Now, we talk about tipping point yeah. a lot. One, two or three listings away from breaking it to the next level. So I think it's a really good metaphor. Michael Coombs, it's not surprising it comes from him because he works on himself every single day. Um, and it is Grand Slam, and every day is a grand final, and you've got to get up today. If you're listening to this, get up, and every single presentation has got to be like it's a Grand Slam. So looking forward to that. So Perfect. next week. Great, guys. Good to see you again, Troy. John, next week we'll do another question. See you then. Okay. Bye. Bye.